0: The poem, A Thing Is, by Ellen Bass. To love life, to love it even when you have no stomach for it, and everything you've held dear crumbles like burnt paper in your hands, your throat filled with the silt of it. When grief sits with you, its tropical heat thickening the air, heavy as water, more fit for gills than lungs when grief waits you like your own flesh, only more of it, an obesity of grief. You think, how can a body withstand this? Then you hold life like a face, between your palms a plain face, no charming smile, no violet eyes. And you say, yes, I will take you. I will love you again. There is an odd comfort in reading this poem and that comfort does not show up in any solution or instructions the poet would have me follow to relieve my pain. The comfort shows up in the knowing that she understands what I am experiencing and this is no mild disappointment, this is anguish she's writing about. When everything you hold dear crumbles like burnt paper. Heavy as water, more fit for gills than lungs, an obesity of grief. This is anguish. It is, fortunately, not a place I live in often, but I have been there. And the comfort comes from knowing that I am not alone in that experience, that this is not something that I am making up in my head, that I am somehow weak, weaker than the rest. The comfort is in knowing that this is something we all share. I know that I could stand before this woman and cry. And she would say, yes, cry. It is painful. And there would be no judgment. On many levels, I am okay. I live in a great apartment. I like my career. I have great friends and a family that loves me. I have food in my refrigerator. I am okay. But Ellen Bass's poem is not about material things. When she says, Everything you've held dear crumbles like burnt paper in your hands, she isn't talking about the apartment, but rather our place in the world as living things. There are men and women committing suicide tonight who have plenty of material What they don't have is the feeling that someone else understands their suffering. There is no sense of companionship in the pain. They are dying because they are all alone. They feel all alone. We often call this sensation of being all alone the darkness. Darkness as a word has come to mean desolation and suffering and in our culture suffering is bad. We all suffer. But we are not supposed to tell anybody because it means that we are failures. As Americans, we are people of the light. We are people of the promise of more. We sing sentimental anthems of glory and triumph and those who suffer in our culture suffer because it's their own fault. Our story is one of people who are constantly making an effort. We call it self-help, but often it is just an attempt to control our feelings and we contort ourselves through consumerism and drugs and sex and TV not to feel the darkness because our culture tells us that the darkness is shameful. And in the process, we become complicit with an idea that does not serve us, that isolates us from the only real solution, which is sharing it with another person who understands and who is not ashamed to say they understand. As the darkness of the year begins to come upon us, you can hear it in people's voices. I don't like this time of year, they say. But maybe we don't like it because we have been trained to fear the darkness rather than to move into it, rather than to accept darkness as part of being alive. We were born out of the darkness of the womb. The shadow of our being is far greater than that which shines in the light If we were only what could be seen in the light, we would be very shallow people. The darkness gives us depth, but because we can't control it, because we can't muscle it into a shape that we can dominate, we don't like it. We fear it. We reject it. And in doing so, we reject so much of who we are, and many of us become daily little liars. No, I'm okay. No, I'm great. I'm fine. Yeah, the world is falling apart, but everyone is fine. I don't know if every spiritual experience requires suffering, but I would guess that it does, at least on some level. For the ego to collapse, for us to leave behind the story of who we think we are in order to step into the beloved darkness where there are no boundaries, we have to say goodbye to something we have known maybe even something we have treasured. And in every goodbye there is grief. But there is also solace that comes when we are ready to be honest with who we are, with our brokenness, because in it we find the healing in other people. This is the meaning of a spiritual community. As bad as we might believe we are individually, no one is going to turn away Rather, there is a turning towards one another. You are suffering. Hmm. I too know suffering. Pain is managed when it becomes a community affair because God is a communal being. It is in the generative and creative space of these communities that vulnerability is valued, not shamed. Telling you about my relationship with God is not really that important. I don't believe in the power of a pre-packaged God. However, I do believe in the holding environment of a spiritual community where compassion, justice, nonviolence is born in the shared experience, where we can be honest and where we can become emptied and others can share the beloved darkness with us where we can find God as it relates to each of us. This, I believe, is the genius of Ellen Bass's poem. You think, how can a body withstand this? Then you hold life like a face between your palms, a plain face, no charming smile, no violet eyes, and you say, yes, I will take you. I will love you again this poem is not so much about pain as it is about the redemption we all experience by holding another's face it is your face that I hold it is my face that you hold we are recovering from a lie we are not alone and together we move into the darkness all of us held by God so we might find a world of compassion and justice made real by our understanding of one another. Thank you for listening to this meditation. You can find a written version of it on my website at ianwhitemar.com meditations. Who are the people in your life who would enjoy and benefit from this meditation? Pick one, send them a link. Maybe start a conversation with them. Where are you saying yes to life? Whose face are you holding? Who is holding your face? The spiritual journey isn't something we need to do on our own. We are meant to travel the path with partners. I hope you'll join me again next week.